How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 164 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast. Thanks so much, guys, for listening while you drive down the road, work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thanks for making How About That Cigar part of it. Please take just a minute, if you would, and subscribe to the YouTube channel and share us out on Facebook and make sure to like and follow us on Facebook uh, so you don't miss anything we have uh, uh, including tonight's show. Uh, and as always, like I said, we are here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And let's remind you that the Drew Estate Flying Pigs have been cleared for takeoff for their annual spring release. One of Drew Estate's most popular Vitolas, the Flying Pigs, are now available. The Undercrown Flying Pig Vitola is available in three expressions. The Undercrown Maduro, the uh, the original Undercrown Maduro, Undercrown Shade, and Undercrown Sungrown. While the Kentucky Fire Cured Flying Pig is the smoky and savory flying pig. Last but certainly not least, the famed Liga Pravada Number no. 9 and Liga Pravada T52 flying pigs will be available exclusively to Drew Diplomat retailers. For more information, please visit drewestate.com. So, once again, we are here live and Garrett is is there live. Garrett, where are you this evening? I am in the Windy City at Norwood Royal Cigars. The Windy City, uh, so Phoenix so phoenix <laughs> yep in chicago That's how the song goes i think isn't it? it is yeah uh in chicago uh, some of you may have seen the video i posted earlier on facebook with the amazingly huge humidor here in chicago i just love coming here and nice. um yeah grateful to vic and all the staff here for letting me come and crash the party and doing the podcast yeah right on well um we have to give a huge congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche for winning the Stanley Cup. Uh, what an incredible series it was. Yep. Um, and, uh, I mean, hats off to the whole team. They they stepped up when they had to. They they still had some, you know, they, they showed that they were still human and still vulnerable. But, man, they, they really – they dominated – one of the best teams really in i'd say the last 25 years of professional hockey oh absolutely in the, in the tampa bay lightning tampa bay lightning are a fantastic hockey team with yes no no disrespect to kemper you know but um vasilevsky is probably the best goalie in hockey period. oh for sure he's absolutely, absolutely incredible and the, and the fact that they were able to uh put as many pucks past him as they did was was amazing to watch um, so they, and they did it and, and to see the level of respect that they had for each other as teams yeah. afterwards, you know, um, was really nice to see some, some true sportsmanship. Um, so that, and, and, you know, cheers to our, our friends from cigar dojo, because they, I know they're celebrating still, you know, because they're Colorado boys at heart and, uh, very cool to have them, you know, see their hometown team, uh, when, uh, what was it the first time in 22 years or something i think that uh that i think it was yeah 22 years for for the avalanche so that was cool to see um but uh and also real quick the twins um just like always they're super hot they're super cold 
Um, they're three games up, you know, uh, in first place. Um, and, you know, they're they're doing okay. But I, I think, sadly, I, I, I want to have, you know, positive mojo about it. But the fact is, I just have a strong feeling we're going to get to September. And they're going to they're gonna maybe catch a wild card spot and they're going to lose to New York and that's going to be all she wrote. Well, you know, so. it's, it's about the all-star break and uh, yeah. where we're at and then how they, how they come back after the all-star break. So we'll see. It's I'm still about, optimistic for the I both am, of us. Yeah. I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm trying to be, but you know how that goes. Um, and I, I am, uh, you know, we're very excited for uh, what's coming up in the next few weeks with PCA Trade Show. We'll talk more about that PCA as we get trade, into the show. I, show. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. It's okay. It's cool. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have a lot to talk about tonight, and we have an absolutely fantastic special guest. And you guys know, as always, on how about that cigar live. Special guests, special guests of the show are brought to you by Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please help us out, put your hands together, and welcome to episode 164 of How About That Cigar Live from Fratello Cigars, Omar DeFrias. Omar, welcome to How About That Cigar Live. I love it. I love I love the applause. I didn't even know this was possible, man. How did you guys pull this off? Well, we have a huge, there's like 60,000 people on the other side <laughs> of here in the studio. It's No, there's not. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> thank you for having me brother. over guys it's so much fun absolutely we're grateful to have you on the show and it's uh it was very cool that we got to um got to see you up here in our great state of minnesota just uh yeah. just not long ago uh and and i was commenting to some friends that uh minnesota is quietly becoming a cigar destination for for brand owners that i think so so just briefly before we get into things tell us you know, tell us what brought you up to Minnesota and, and what your thoughts were when you uh, when you got up here. Very simple. Um, two people uh, were very influential in that. Michelle from CLE mm -hmm. and Brett Fry from Tabacology. Um, I had a great conversation with Brett um, and, uh, and he had already told me, listen, Minnesota is doing great. So are all, you know, all these great shops popping up and um, it's on fire. The market is doing fantastic. And so um, I'm going to be honest, in 90 years, I have done my research about a lot of places. 
I had not had a chance to go to the beautiful state of Minnesota. And uh, now I regret it like crazy. Because <laughs> not only are the people amazing, okay? I have to make sure that we understand each other. The people are amazing, okay? <laughs> um, I cannot, you cannot play that down. Seriously, it's like people were saying hello to me, you know, let's cry. Oh, we lost. I think you got a phone call. Oh, you, you're, I bet your phone rang. I lost you guys a little bit right there. Hold on. We got you uh, back. Beautiful. I'm just going to put this thing in the not disturb, and now we're good. <laughs> Perfect. Right. <laughs> so, um, anyways, it, it's a beautiful state. And I'll tell you, the downtown area uh, blew me away. The, the people were great. Um, and the number of shops, man, that we had a chance to open up with um, and, uh, and connect, I mean, between Tobacco Grove or guys at Sodi's, which we spent some time having an event, uh, um, um, Cigar Jones. I mean, we're talking about some really, really, really Jonathan. I mean, they, there's a lot of shops that open up their, uh, their, uh, yeah. their, their doors to us. So we're obviously incredibly grateful. Yeah, yeah, and we had a chance to uh, hang out with the Bovida guys as well, and um, yeah, had a great time with uh, Bovida one night. Michelle yeah. from CLE joined us, and it was wonderful. Which, by the way, she was there, not me knowing that literally she was going to be in the area after she had already told me about a month before in Missouri, you need to come to Minnesota because Minnesota's out of control. So it was okay. pretty cool. Love it. Well, uh, before we get into our, you know, because we want to, we want to get your your cigar story, Omar, and we want to hear about Fratello and all the great things going on with your brand. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to fire up uh, OG uh, Toro. So I'm going to fire that up right now with the uh, the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. Nice. When lighting your cigar, it's important to pay close attention to detail and focus on the t tobacco. In the same way Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sombra Mesa to Umbagag, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. And that is a tasty OG Fratello right there. Uh, so Omar, uh, one of the things we like to do when we have people on the show that we've that for as first time guests, which you are, um, we just want to briefly find out about uh, when you smoked your first cigar, uh, you know, what it was and kind of how you how you got into the cigar hobby. Um, so so this this question never gets old for me because um, it's actually really interesting. I grew up next to a retail store in the Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo. Um, and this is a place that I would go by all the time to go to the basketball court. So I used to play a lot of ball. Uh, don't play that. In, don't play as much of it anymore, unfortunately. Uh, although I probably should get back uh, to the game so I can lose a couple of pounds. But it was, it was, I was fascinated by the smell, I was fascinated by the experience, the people. And so my grandfather used to smoke cigars in the store. So I would go every so often to ask him for a cigar. Um, 
that I wanted to buy. And um, every single time they would kick me out and say, get the hell out of here. Your mother would 100% kill me. Um, and then uh, and then stuff me inside a cigar and smoke me. So they learned their lesson about not messing with my mom. But it was also, um, it was, I was also, I feel like they also knew that I was so interested in the industry and in, in knowing why somebody would grab a whole bunch of dry leaves of tobacco and put them together and bring a cigar out. So I was, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. So long story short, I went in one time and they were, uh, the, the tabac one tabaquero from the La Aurora factory in the Dominican Republic was there performing his art. And, uh, the guy gave me a cigar. Uh, I took that cigar and I was like, Oh my God, this has got to be the, like the coolest thing. Cause the owner had invited me so that I could learn the, your, the owner's name is Don Guillermo. He invited me so that I kind of learn what it's all about. Cause he saw my interest. And so, um, long story short, I get the cigar, I take it with me. And from my perception, I always thought a cigar has got to be experienced as something, you know, something monumental or something very special. So I smoked it um, the day after I graduated high school. And um, I probably coughed along uh, in the process, had no idea what the hell I was doing. It was an Eleon Jimenez, which is exactly, exactly the name of the cigars, Eleon Jimenez. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a Churchill that he had given me. It's a very big cigar at that time. And right now, even a big cigar is talking about an hour and 45 minute smoke. But I was fascinated with it. I was like, I think I'm the coolest guy in the world. All of my friends are smoking, you know, shitty cigarettes all over the place. I'm smoking a cigar. So, um, but I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So after that, I started learning about the industry. I started buying magazines, anything that I could learn from it. And so my next cigars after that, I'm not sure if you guys remember it at that time, it's still available here and there. It's the Griffins. Oh, yeah. That. So I started smoking a ton of Griffins that I could get my hands on because I, I just enjoyed the, the, the flavor. I enjoyed the blend. Um, I think at this time, I'm not sure if that changed or not because I haven't smoked the Griffin in a long, 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 long time. But at that time, they were being manufactured, I believe, by Davidoff at that time uh, and Hinky Kellner. I could be wrong. Uh, but it was a phenomenal blend. I, I, I was just, I, I fell in the industry and then I've been a cigar smoker ever since. Nice. Yeah. Those Griffins, uh, I haven't, I haven't smoked one in a while. Um, and I, that used to be one of my regular cigars I'd reach for yeah. was, was those. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, you, um, you had, uh, you know, you, you weren't one of these people that went right into the cigar business right out of high school. You know, you, you had a different path and that path took you, uh, you know, uh, in, in one way or another, that path took you to outer space. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that, that career path. And then at what point during that career path, you said to yourself, okay, I, I want to do this cigar thing. So, so kind of take us into that career that you had. Before. Yeah. So, um, so guys, something that was, I graduated, uh, college in the Dominican Republic. Then I graduated, I went to, uh, Rochester Institute of Technology. I graduated, uh, college in, uh, RIT. 
Um, then I went to University of Puerto Rico. I got my master's. I got an MBA at University of Puerto Rico. And um, after that, um, I had a, a few job offers after applying for IBM. I was applying for uh, Procter & Gamble. I applied for NASA. Um, I applied to about probably as many as I possibly could so I could get a job. This was uh, post the 2001 uh, uh, recession that we had. And so um, what ended up happening, I got a job uh, interview at NASA in Washington, D.C. And then I got another four or five more interviews uh, for NASA because they're very selective. And I ended up getting uh, I ended up getting lucky. And I chose, uh, uh, they chose me amongst over 400 plus candidates at that time. And the you know, I got the job uh, in 2014, 2004, I'm sorry. Um, and after that, man, I, um, I, I came to Washington, D.C. I started working for them. I was there for about 12 years. And my last job, I had about three jobs in the agency. Was, I was in IT. I did a lot of uh, IT program and project management database, um, uh, business development for, for the agency. I was able to manage a business development contract for NASA for about $4.6 billion. Um, so I was in charge of the business development of that. And then I ended up taking a position, which was the last position um, that I held in the agency, which was um, I was managing a five, uh, $5 billion budget for the science mission director at the NASA, um, which I was there for uh, uh, about five, six years um, before I decided to basically uh, Put all my eggs in one basket. I started Fratello in 2013 while I was still employed. Um, what a lot of people don't know, I, I, I think I have uh, two anniversaries in my company. I have the anniversary uh, that is coming up of when I officially started Fratello, which is 2013. And uh, this was uh, this is basically, um, we're celebrating our ninth year anniversary now. We're gonna be going into our 10th year anniversary uh, in uh, 2023, but I also celebrate when I left NASA, which was in 2016. Um, so almost four years, basically, of working uh, both the cigar industry and at NASA at the same time. Uh, it was interesting, guys, just to say the least. I mean, I went from uh, about 20% body fat in about four years <laughs> of working two jobs, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, to roughly about 30% body fat, high cholesterol, higher blood pressure and all that crazy <laughs> stuff. Um, but it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a move that made a lot of sense um, yeah. because of the growth that I already had at, uh, um, with Fratello. And uh, uh, in 2026, almost 27, I'll be celebrating really my 10 year anniversary of my company because one thing is to uh, do this and selling cigars and connecting and growing your company while you're still employed. And another thing is to go full time. Um, and bear in mind, this is 2016, guys, which a lot of you remember what this year was. It was the year of the worst regulation the industry had ever seen. So for me, it was a very ballsy move. Um, and uh, yeah. But I'm very happy to say that uh, not only are we here uh, now where a lot of brands are completely gone. If you look at the brands that have been getting crazy ratings in 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, where are some of those brands right now? Not only Fratello is still going strong, um, but we're increasing and increasing our, 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 uh, 
our footprint across the U.S. and the world. So we're very, very, very proud about that. Absolutely. That's and it's sorry it, for being it, so long, but no, 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 no. Explain that so fast. <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic because the you know the those answers you know you you can hear more than just the details in the answer. You can hear the passion, you know, and and all that. And um, one of the things that I don't think I've ever heard before, um, and I'd I'd like to learn about and for our viewers to learn about is the name Fratello. Uh, tell us about the the name Fratello and and. Uh, the meaning behind that. So I basically um, it was taking an Italian class in the Dominican Republic, and um, I'm a balls buster. I enjoy people. I enjoy busting people's balls. But I enjoy. Um, I was taking an Italian class, and I learned that fratello meant brother in Italian. So I was like, okay. So instead of calling people, "What's up, mi hermano? What's up, brother?" I started calling people, what's up, Fratello? So people started calling me my Fratello. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. Don't be calling me like my Fratello. I'm calling you Fratello. So the more that I defended not being called Fratello, the more I, I, I knew. I knew that I was basically getting myself inside <laughs> a gigantic hole where you don't choose your parents nor you choose your nickname. So I literally fly to the Dominican Republic land in the airport and if somebody sees me from back home or from college or anything like that they're gonna call me what's up my fratello and so <laughs> it is it is my nickname uh from college so i basically uh named it after uh i named my company after that because uh, a friend of mine um who works for univision his name is tony dandrades um good 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 friend he basically took a picture we took a picture together and people I thought I had left the name back home a long time ago because <laughs> nobody here in the U.S. calls me my fratello. But I was here in the U.S. I took a picture with him. The guy has like a gazillion followers. Um, and um, there was a couple, there was over 800 some comments or whatever it was because the guy was uh, way shorter than I am. And uh, he basically was like, hey, isn't that my fratello? And I said, God <laughs> damn, man. Just follow me to the United States of America. <laughs> This is over, so yeah, it is over then. Don't don't ever tell your friends that there's a nickname you don't want them to call you by because you'll never hear the end of it if you exactly. if you tell them exactly. exactly. Especially if they're ball busters like you. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I have to chime in. I have to chime in here. Yeah. Um, we cannot glass over this NASA situation. So. <laughs> okay. Now, this is a cigar show. We will get to cigars. But, Omar, um, I want to know, is the reason, is the real reason you quit NASA was because you discovered the Earth is flat? So. <laughs> the Earth is not flat. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> We're done with this. We're done with this subject. And, yes. We landed in the moon, okay? If not, go check out Buzz Aldrin kicking somebody else's ass on YouTube, and you'll see what I mean. Can you oh. believe, like, I just ran, and I'm not going to out him. I'm not going to tell anybody where, but I recently, with a friend of ours who may or may not be in this comment section, ran into a flat earther. And I, it blows my mind 
Oh, yeah, I have no know, words. I have no I, words. I can't. I can't. It's like sometimes I will. I, I'm not gonna lie. I um, so I'm highly allergic. This is this is anybody who knows me knows this to be true. I am highly allergic to stupidity. Like so allergic, I get hives. I can't. I can't talk very well. I don't know how to modulate. It is like if you're an idiot. And I'm in the middle of a conversation and I detect idiocy like you're an imbecile, then I just like I just cannot do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, so I guess we're do? outing him. It's the uh, it's the chief of the Minneapolis Fire Department. And Raul and I and Greg Free from Fuerte Libre Cigars, we were sitting around having cigars, and <laughs> we were talking about this other friend of ours who was like going deep with us in a heated conversation about flat earth. The chief then replies, well, don't count your friend out yet because uh, I'm not convinced that the earth isn't flat. Oh God. I, I so, can't, I, I can't even, I can't. What even. do you say? What do you, what do you say? I, at that point, I, it was like, this isn't the time or the place to, yeah. to have that argument. So I was out. I changed the conversation because I couldn't. Please, uh, if you're watching, I want to come back to Minnesota, okay? Please <laughs> yes. don't have somebody come over and spray me with water or whatever the hell because I called you an idiot. I beg you, okay? <laughs> but oh. do some more research. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good lord. Okay, I just had to. I had to say that. Oh, that's piece. no, that's all good. Um, Recent events and uh, <laughs> man. Oh boy. Um, I'm sorry. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota is sorry. Um, so <laughs> I want to briefly, you know, because uh, you've got a lot. You know, since launching Fratello, you know, you were you were strategic about, you know. Uh, how to release blends, things like that. You, you, you didn't rush to market with like 20 different things right away. Right. You, you've been, you've gradually increased the portfolio and, and things like that for, you know, different uh, people in different smoking moods, you know, newer cigar smokers, experienced cigar smokers and everywhere in between. Okay. So, you know, from, from the, the classico, you know, the, the classic that I'm smoking right now and the other, I've, you know, got some of these other ones from my humidor here, you know, from the, the Arlequin to the, the Oro and, and the, uh, Nevetta, you know, and so tell us a little bit about, um, you know, the, the strategy that you decided on when it came to putting blends on the market and who you wanted to reach with those blends. So the first strategy I actually started with uh, choosing the, the who our manufacturing partner was going to be. Um, I was uh, I was very I did a lot of research, guys. One of the things that I I haven't spoken about enough is the amount of research that I did prior to working with a uh, a cigar factory. Okay, so um, what did I want to what did I want to know about this about the factory itself? I wanted to know. How many blends? Uh, how many blends and uh, projects they have going on with multiple people? I wanted to know uh, longevity. I wanted to know ownership because I'm all about don't follow the horse, follow the guy who's riding it. Um, I'm all about understanding 
you know, finances as well from what I can see, what's on the market, what's happening, what are the moves that are making and all that good stuff. So I did an enormous amount of research on this. Uh, and I really never really spoken so much about that, um, but I kind of wanted to make a little bit of an emphasis on it. So I basically uh, selected to go with Hoya de Nicaragua to begin her um, journey for a number of reasons. I had met Jose Blanco, uh, who told me that, uh, you know, Nicaragua is not only on fire, but uh, Hoya Nicaragua is doing some amazing things. And so um, I had met with at least five or six different factories um, that I had kind of already knew I wanted to work with. Um, but Hoya de Nicaragua makes, made all the sense in the world for Fratello, and I'll tell you why. Um, Dr. Alejandro Martinez Cuenca, Juan Ignacio, Mario, the entire team at Hoya are truly um, not only passionate about uh, the, the cigar industry, but they're also passionate about their country. So if you look at those two things, um, it's, uh, it's one of the very few, if until the other time, until not so long ago, one of the very few literally, you know, owned by Nicaraguan people, okay, um, in the entire, in the entire country, like Coya Nicaragua, um is probably um one of the very few uh factories that is owned and operated by nicaragua uh nicaragua people so for me that's important and i think um there's uh there's a lot to be said about that and so uh to the the journey really started with uh with that connection with hoya nicaragua and one of the things that um that in their in our conversations and blended the cigar because I always tell the story I'm not a master blender by any means, but I am a master tester and I will test and test and test and test uh, the cigars until I know it fits my palate and it fits the purpose of our company. But in talking with our guys at Hoya, we launched the Fratello Classico, which is the first cigar um, uh, that our company basically put into the market. And so what that did for Fratello is basically it put us in the market with a medium medium to full body cigar uh, that has an enormous amount of flavor, but it screams Nicaragua. It screams Nicaragua soil, it screams earth, it screams nice, beautiful, mellow, sweet pepper. And so there's a lot of things happening with the Fratello Classico that made me fall in love even more with Nicaraguan tobacco than I was already at that time. And so I launched the Fratello Classico. Um, I waited two years till I launched a new cigar. I launched an iteration in between, which is the Fratello Boxer, which is basically a stronger version of the original Fratello Classico. And all of these things really played an enormous, uh, uh, the connection with Hoya de Nicaragua um, and, and what they did for Fratello in the first two to three years, where I couldn't even say, I couldn't even have a conversation of where I was manufacturing Fratello uh, for a few years because of you know interest that was going in within uh, Hoya de Nicaragua and, um, and Drew Estate. So, um, a few years later, 2016, I launched uh, my cigar with uh, La Aurora, and uh, there was an emotional aspect of obviously launching with La Aurora because of, you know, I told you the story uh, to begin with of the first cigar I ever smoked was an Leon Jimenez, and I've always been a big, big fan of everything that La Aurora produces, and so it was a no-brainer to launch with them. So I've been very, 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 very strategic about every cigar we have ever launched in Fratello that it fits a few things. It fits my palate because I cannot sell something that I don't love or enjoy. And number two, that it also connects with 
what the consumer is in search for in terms of like, do they want something that is on the mild to medium, medium to full, and then how can I twist it? So I wanted to tell the story about tobaccos as well in our company. So that's why we started playing with tobaccos from multiple regions where the Fratello Bianco, which is one of the ones that you guys mentioned earlier, it has tobacco from five different countries, has tobacco from Mexico, has tobacco from Dominican Republic, Peru, has tobacco from Pennsylvania, has tobacco from Nicaragua. I always make fun of the Fratello Bianco because those two countries, Mexico and USA, have never, ever got along so well in that cigar right there. No wall. <laughs> no wall. It was easier to say that story when, uh, when Trump was in power, but <laughs> we get along with Mexico just fine now. Absolutely. So, uh, but it's, it's, very, it's very true. Every cigar we've ever launched has a very unique uh, story. Um, just got a really high rating today by Cigar Aficionado, gave us 91 on the Fratello Arlequin, which is a gorgeous blend, guys. I cannot speak any higher in terms of the volume of how good that blend is. I blended that cigar with tobacco from uh, um, the original blend uh, was a Parejo, and it was a cigar that launched with a San Andres Claro wrapper, similar tobacco to what I used on the original Fratello Classico, but it is incredible. So we have, a, we have launched about uh, six cigars uh, in this nine-year period. And so you can tell that for a nine-year-old company to have launched about, you know, seven different blends, um, it really isn't It really isn't much. So we're very, very methodical um, about how we're launching it into, in, into the market, how we're not cannibalizing our own brand. And every single time somebody asks me, hey, Omar, what you got new in your company? I always say, hey, why don't you go check out the classical? Have you had the classical lately? Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. Go try it out. Yeah, the chance I, to talk I, about what I'm smoking yet. So real quick, I'm smoking the H Town. Ooh, shoot! I love this. Yeah, Raul from Sodis loves that blend. <laughs> Bro, this is my first one, and I'll tell you, it will not be my last. I am in love. Thank you, thank you. So much flavor. You know, it's insane how this Vitola. Right here, and I don't take that lightly, man. I I smoke a lot of Lanceros. I mean, again, this is this is a fantastic Lancero. So anybody who hasn't tried it, they need to check this out out for sure. So good. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit before we brought you on to the show that, you know, the the PCA trade show is coming up, and um, a little popcorn action right here. Nice. <laughs> So I think, I think we're in for uh, an improved trade show, and I'm I'm not talking about your brand alone. I'm talking about the trade show in general, overall. I think the trade show because last year, you know, the the PCA was uh, unfortunately really down to the wire. They had to put that trade show together in no time flat, and you know, run with run with it. And you know, this year they've had plenty of time to plan. I think there's, I think the trade show is going to be ramped up a little more this year. I think we're going to see more people there. So, um, you know, looking at this, not even just this trade show, but kind of what are you, besides just building relationships and opening up new accounts, you know, what's, uh, what's the thing that you really get out of it? Uh, 
personally from the PCA trade show that you really can't get somewhere else? I get sick of it after every trade show. Yeah. <laughs> after every single one? After every single fucking trade show. Sorry about that. After every single trade show, I get very, yeah. very sick. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not even kidding. It is the one thing that I always, I'm answering your question. It's straight up as a it's question. It's true. Was. Hey, truth. Every single time, man, I get either a cold after the trade show. During the trade show, nothing happens to me. It's like I am a machine, but I feel something. But my adrenaline, everything is working overtime, right? But after I am done and I'm on that flight, red-eye flight back home, which has happened nine times already, every single trade show never fails. I get home and I wake up in the morning and I'm like... Like, what the <laughs> hell? It is the one thing that I can tell you I'm definitely going to happen. But um, that aside, I always, my biggest takeaway from, from the trade show, and this never fails, is the, it's not so much what happens during the day, it's what happens afterward. Yeah. Listen to this. I, I built stronger connections and relationships not during the trade show time, but after, because yeah. people are more relaxed. You know, they're, we, I'm, I'm not in the middle of waiting for three people to come talk. I'm not in the middle of one meeting and another. When I am in trade show time and you're seeing that 10 o'clock hits and I am going bam, 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 nonstop. It is literally the hardest time to be able to capture not only the time of a manufacturer or even the retailer to really build. So for me, the biggest takeaway and the reason I love it, I love doing the trade show so much is the after hours. And the reason for the after hours, because you get people are relaxed, man. They're, 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 they're there. They're already done with their business. They bought what they need to buy. We sold what we need to sell that day. And we're just having a time where I get a chance to, you know, do two things. I get a chance to regroup with my team, talk to them, you know, uh, uh, prepare for the next day, you know, f- you know, figure out the talking points so we get a chance even as a team to, 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 to really bring our relationship closer. But then also we get a chance to bring our relationship closer after hours. So I think that's the biggest takeaway. Yeah. And I agree. It's, it's amazing how many, um, because the, you're kind of on stage during the trade show, during the show hours, like you said, and afterwards you, you know, you've had, you've had dinner, which, which is really helps because I, I get cranky when I don't eat. So, you know, after the show floor closes, you go have dinner, you have a drink and you just, it's just social time. And it's just like, yeah. it's just like being in the shop, being in a cigar shop with people, having conversations, people that, you know, you catch up. How are your kids? How's your wife? That kind of thing. And then people you don't know, you get a chance to get to know them. You build those relationships and you just relax. You enjoy cigars. People are swapping cigars back and forth. They're, you know, they say, Hey, or try my cigar. And they say, Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Or try my cigar. And, and it's, it's just, uh, um, it's, it's a great time. I agree yeah. with you. The after hours part is, um, is as much, uh, as the trade show floor is wonderful, the after hour stuff is invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. question. And I get a, I get a, I, I do my very best to attend 
to uh, some of the meetings and uh, and some of the seminars that are always being held. I think there's so much value into particip participating as a manufacturer in those seminars because not only are our um, retail partners learning about different things uh, and, and lessons learned, but we're also getting a great advantage of being there participating in those meetings. So those seminars are, are, are prices as well. Yeah. So we've had, uh, we've had a few teaser comments uh, already from some of our viewers, uh, but uh, tell us about, uh, tell us about this. Uh, well, there's, yeah. Tell us about this new uh, uh, cigar that, uh, how do I put this? It goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So my buddy, Kevin, um, uh, from Cigar Prop, uh, had reached out to us probably, I want to say, two years ago. Uh, and, um, you know, I, 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 my director of operations at the time, Justin, uh, came over. Uh, I, I came in the next day and uh, he was like, Omar, you should check out you know, the message that I got, and it's about this particular cigar, and um, it's a cigar that you can kind of light up on both ways, and I'm like, I mean, every cigar you can probably light up on both ways, but let me get more into the weed of this thing. What does that really mean? Um, and so I talked to uh, Kevin, and it was so much fun because he was so passionate about this, and it was like, dude, with you, what you did with the Navet Inverso, uh, inversing all of the tobaccos on the original Fatal Naveta. That was very unique. It was something that wasn't done before, and you told the story so very well. Um, obviously, you have it right there, and we did yeah. such a great job with the Naveta Inverso. So, um, it uh, just got a great rating uh, in Cigar Snop as well. Uh, it was it was a challenge to see how you – because everybody, when you're making a cigar, you make a cigar, it's basically, you know, light it from one particular end that's it and the blend the way you structure that blend is you structure that blend so that it can have the flavors that you as a manufacturer are envisioning so that when somebody like cuts it and lights it they're experiencing pepper they're experiencing spiciness or they're experiencing creaminess or they're experiencing you know uh some acidity or some some bitterness whatever it is that that blender is working towards you're going to experience right so um so i started giving it some thought i was like um it's a very very unique and different idea so i started working and saying how do we make the cigar have different flavors depending on where you cut it right so we came up with something that um it took us two years and uh, not only did it take us two years but it was so hard, so <laughs> hard to do, man. And I'm going to yeah. go in, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to dive in deep on that one because um, I think it deserves uh, an incredible amount of credit um, for the, for the, for the tabaquero that put this together. I'm going to tell you why. We basically uh, evolved the idea to the point where we wanted the cigar to have if you depending if you cut it on this side, you're gonna get the cigar to light up and be mild, creamy, full flavor. But if you cut it on this side, you're gonna get the cigar to have, you know, very spicy, very bold, uh, uh, nice pepper, but that is full, 
you know, full body, full, you know, full strength in terms of, in terms of, uh, in terms of, um, um, not so much the body, but in terms of strength as well. So the more that I developed this project and I went to, uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, I went to a few factories in FLE, went to the Dominican Republic, went to La Aurora, blended a cigar, didn't work, went somewhere else, came back. I'm not, this is, got to honest truth. Came back after blending it, worked on it again, did not work, sent some samples out, sent some samples to Kevin. It was so hard. Um, and the reason it was so hard. It's not about having a cigar that's capped on both ends and just figuring out how, how it works. It's about the tabaquero as he's putting the tobacco together. Where does he place this tobacco inside the inside the, the, the cigar? Where is he bunching this particular tobacco? Where is he bunching this other? We're talking tobacco. This cigar has tobacco from Pennsylvania, tobacco from Condega, tobacco from uh, um, from Esteli, tobacco from Dominican Republic, Corojo, Ecuador. It has HBA wrapper. I mean, we're talking Indonesian binder. There is a lot of different things happening with a cigar. Okay, so long story short, we we came up with the actual recipe that will not get the tabaquero confused because we're talking tobacco is or yeah you know darker cured tobacco so how do you differentiate oh this right here is going to be much stronger than this he knows it but as he's preparing the as he's bunching the tobacco together you have to very well remember where you place that and then figure out a way to not only remember in your brain but mark it and cap it with a Connecticut shade so that he now, then the people that are putting the band remember where, you know, how, where the direction goes either way. Yeah. So needless to say, <laughs> this was the hardest project. So thank you, Kevin. I have <laughs> ever worked for in my company by a long mile, but I think consumers are going to enjoy uh, something very unique, something very different. We blended a seven by fifty-two uh, cigar that uh, that if you want to light it up and have your experience begin mild to medium, you cut it on one end and light it up on the other, and vice versa. So again, right. it's the name, vice versa. I like that. It's fun. It's different. You know, it's it's yeah. unique. Yeah. And um, so, so I have to my boy Kevin. Um, before we get into the next segment of the show, I have to ask, I know this is looking, you know, a little more in the future, but um, any thoughts, plans for a 10th anniversary cigar? Yeah, so a lot of, uh, a lot of excitement about that. Um, something coming up that has uh, a NASA-related theme, but I will leave it there, but it's very, <laughs> very exciting. Um, and, uh, and it will be launched in 2023, but yes, earth? something for sure is coming down the line. What did you say, Garrett? I said, is it called the flat earth? <laughs> <laughs> this you is should. an idiot proof cigar. <laughs> oh, no. You should make a cigar called the flat earth. That's, that's literally like a, like a, a, a half inch length cigar with a 200 ring gauge. So it's just, <laughs> it's basically just a disc of flat tobacco and cut it in a circle and just sell it and say, here, this is the flat earth cigar. 
Good luck. Good luck exactly smoking right. it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, all right. So, Garrett, is it time? Oh, I think it's time. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. And don't forget, guys, when you go to smokein.com, use discount code HBTC15 for 15% off your order from smokein.com. Some restrictions apply. All right, Garrett, episode 164, Numero de los Muertos. What do you have for us this week? It's going to be a toughie. So to explain to Omar and our guests who who haven't done this, I give a number and we try and figure out 20 question style how these people died. Okay. So the number this week is in the United States, on average, 38 people a year die from this. In the United States, 38 people a year die from this. No cue. They can't fall from the atmosphere. There is no atmosphere. Oh, people that fall off the edge of the earth? <laughs> That'd be a good one, too. Um, hmm. Oh, um, Raul, not, not Raul, Raul, I'm drinking uh, Dalmore 12-year scotch. And some... Uh, well, I'm actually I'm drinking heavily tonight. I also have some IPA from Kona Brewing Company. Very nice. Um, this is right. hard. So, so Omar, we usually do, we'll, we'll throw out, you know, like 20 questions. We'll throw out questions trying to get more hints. So okay. I'll, I'll ask a question I ask a lot in this game is, uh, is it a, uh, is it workplace accidents? No. Okay. Um, it, or, I'm just going to answer some of these questions I got here in the comments. Uh, I don't know what reality TV means. It is not self-inflicted. <laughs> it's not a sports activity. It is not grill fires. It is not lightning strikes. Okay. And it is not my cooking. Raul. Is it? Is it from lighting a cigar on the wrong end? Uh, it is <laughs> not. That's the flat earth cigar. There you That's go. the flatter cigar right there. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, are vehicles involved? Vehicles are not involved. Are animals uh, involved? Animals are not involved. Is electricity involved? Electricity mm, could be involved. Mm. 
Could be okay. But not There's always. Water involved. Water is not involved. Interesting. It's not skydiving. Is it a recreational activity? It is not. It's it not could be back talking your wife, but not this time. <laughs> uh, not so falling it's, downstairs. It's not, not recreational airport. and it's not workplace. Correct. Um, do these deaths take place in large populated areas or in rural areas? Irrelevant. Doesn't matter? Okay. I got I gotta lean back for this one. This one's it's a yeah. tough one. It is a tough one. Does it uh, involve reading? Reading? Mm-hmm. Mm -mm. Does it involve prison? No. Nothing to do with animals. Not cell phones. Not power lines. Is it a, is it a medical condition or disease? It is not a medical condition or disease. Wow. We are getting closer with that line of questioning. Okay. So hospitals are involved? Most of the time. Does it involve consuming a drug? It can. Okay. Um, not x-rays, not static, not CT scans, not defibrillators, not poop, <laughs> not IVs. I saw that coming too. <laughs> um, are the, uh, is it, is it, oh shoot. So let's go with what it what it can be. So it can be medicines, it can be electricity. Is it medical malpractice? Not malpractice. Um not surgery, not foreign bodies. Is it uh where is it where the hospital gets the chart mixed up and and give somebody the wrong kind of treatment? Nope. That would be malpractice. Oh, I suppose it would. Yeah. It could involve silicone, maybe. Okay. These uh, deaths, do these deaths take place pretty much usually always in the hospital? Not, not, not always. Oh, fireworks. Is that it? Yeah. Definitely not fireworks in the hospital. It's not fireworks. Misdiagnosis. That's a good one. Nope. It's but not yes. make nope. Is it giving the wrong kind of medication? Not really. Do you swallow something? Oh. Is it is it allergic reactions to medications? It can be. Wow. So let's go back to what some of the things that it can be. It can be electric. It can be something, a drug that you swallow, right?
I mean, there, I feel like there's, I feel like we're on the right track, but there's right. something specific we Such, haven't landed on. Yes. Um, anaphylactic shock. I don't think so. Not, um, not gloves. So, right. but it could be, it could be something. It, it could be, uh, it, it could be related to an to an allergic reaction. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. Electric allergic reaction. Something. Do you? Is it something that you take, swallow? It it can be. So this uh, this particular thing has kind of a, a wide range of. Uh, of a category. So don't think about it as one specific like medication or treatment, but this particular area of medicine has a wide range. Oh man. Is there any other kind of hint I'm, I've been I've been actually racking my brain to come up with another hint that doesn't completely give it away. Um, so how about this one? It would probably it well let let me say this. It most um, would probably most happen in a university hospital or clinic. Okay, so it deals with training new doctors and nurses. Or does it involve a corpse? No. Uh, birth? Does it involve birth? Nope. University hospital. My son was born in university hospital. Let's see. Anything <laughs> to do with, with, uh, Overdose or Greg Perry with the guess. Oh, experimental treatments. Yep, and trial clinical wow. trials. Clinical really? trials. Yep. How new medications new medical devices. Damn. Mr. Perry, you are a beast. That was that was maybe that was the toughest, that, that was maybe the toughest numero de los muertos of all time. I was afraid we weren't gonna get there. That's impressive. That was tough. That was tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad Greg answered because I don't think I ever would have gotten there. Me either. Because I mean, I would think NIH on something yeah. experimental as well. You know what I mean? Because um, uh, yeah, that's very very interesting. Yeah. Kevin, I was betting on butt stuff. No. <laughs> That's that's been the answer before on Numero de los Muertos. We have had some butt stuff. <laughs> Wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> or did it? Or or did it? All right, that was I this week's I love it. Numero de los Muertos. All right, let's jump into the lightning round. And the lightning round is always brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker. 
creators of the popular brick house Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, The American, and the J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right, so, Omar, if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes... Who would it be and why? My daughter. Oh, I okay. love that. How, how old? She's 16 years old, and I have no idea what in the hell is going on through my gorgeous, beautiful daughter's mind. Now, it's scary, too. Right. Okay? It's a very scary but I, it's better than not knowing. Yeah. It's better than not knowing. 100% my daughter. That is a great answer. And yeah, I, I, I echo the same thing also with my 16-year-old daughter. Yes. Amen. Drink, my friend. Yeah. Drink. Cheers. This is the moment. Yes, sir. Cheers. Salud. Um, all right. So if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? I of the tiger. Yes. Number one answer. Number one answer. Very popular song. It's a yeah. perfect fight song. Um, all right. So who was, when you were a teenager or a kid, uh, watching TV, watching movies, who was your celebrity crush? Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> crush. Crush. No, who... Who were you? Male or female? Female. Who were you in love with when you were watching TV? Charlize Theron, man. Golly, I love that woman so much, man. I love that woman so much. Even now, there's... That woman is just... Golly, man. It's just a God bless this woman. Yeah. (laughs) Every week till Friday. (laughs) And he did. I All right, I love that woman. So, uh, Garrett, I want you to ask this. You know next. why I messed that up? By the way, I was at a, I was at a show two weeks ago, and they asked me, "Who is your, who is your, who is your cigar celebrity crush?" Oh, and yeah. I was like, and it was at a best cigar prizes at an event over there, and uh, I was like. I I, I, I I can't answer that question. I don't even know where to begin. So I went straight up to the mail, but now I love it. <laughs> At least you know now who male I loved and enjoy watching yeah. as a kid and who female I loved and enjoy watching as well. So there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got right. it. So Garrett. I got it. All right, Omar. The zombies are coming. <laughs> okay. You get three industry people to bring into a team to to survive and fight the zombie horde who's your team three cigar Robert Cowell Robert Cowell because I know he's crazy I know that okay (laughs) Tony Gomez because I have seen this man punch a boxing bag like no one else's industry okay (laughs) And Eric Espinosa 100%. Because there's nobody else who I would send in first saying, what's up, bro, 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 
Bro. <laughs> Easy, bro. And then I have Rubber Cowell going crazy somehow. You know, you know, it's like fuck you. And then all of a sudden I got Tony Gomez getting ready for some 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 punching back. It's over after that. No one is taking over our house without without trail right Yeah, now. with that with that crew. The zombies would actually be scared shitless and run away. Right? They would. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, let's uh, let's jump into this week's Notable Smokable. Uh, Notable Smokables brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so, Omar, each week on the show, we name a cigar that we've had recently that was notable to us. Now, obviously, you're mostly smoking Fratello, but uh, every once in a while, I'm sure you get a chance to, uh, you know, go outside of your own brand. Um, is there anything you've you've smoked recently? And it could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that maybe you smoke for the first time in a really long time. Uh, what have you smoked recently that that you know that cigar that was really kind of notable to you? So actually, I um, I smoked an EPC the other day. It was um, the Edición Limitada that he had from 2014. I remember buying a box of this back in 2014 when he launched this. Um, he uses a San Andres Negrito wrapper. Um, I I cannot explain how much I love that cigar. I respect Ernesto Perez Carrillo to levels that are next. I mean, I think his palate is, in, is impeccable. I think the tobacco that he uses is impeccable. And that box from back in 2014, uh, it was an edition limitada that he launched. Um, I thought it was incredible. I think he only produced about 2,000 boxes of these, but the cigar was incredible. So I smoked that about three or four days ago, and I thought it was incredible. Nice. Yeah, he's he's got such a such a great palate, such a great nose. I mean, he's he's one of the masters, in my opinion. Yes, he is. Uh, Garrett, what was your notable this week? Well, so Vic here at Norwood Cigar in Chicago uh launched a house blend but a little bit more than your average house blend uh it was a collaboration between him and oscar valladeras and it's called the don v blown away oh okay nice blown away typically when i get a house blend as i'm traveling i'll you know uh they're all fine they're you know good cigars this one blew me away so oh yeah yeah, I have nice. Some. Very nice. Uh, mine was actually um, the the Room One Hundred One Namakubi from twenty twenty one. The one we bought those at Abe's shop down in Florida yeah. when we were there, and just we just smoked them what last Wednesday or whenever. Yeah, last yeah, it Wednesday. was Wednesday. And uh, man, uh, I should have smoked that cigar sooner because I it was it was really a great blend. Um, really one of those blends that's super complex. And there's a lot of stuff going on and um, really enjoyed that cigar a lot. Great cigar. Um, so that was uh, Notable Smokables for this week, brought to us by Ace Prime, improving lives through fine cigars. Please visit aceprime.com to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, yes, and thank you, Justin, for bringing that up. I want to give you guys a reminder about uh, Cigars and Baseball that is coming up here in St. Paul, Minnesota on September 8th. That's a Thursday. Um, you can find all the information you need uh, by going to uh, cigarsandbaseball.com. 
and you'll get uh, all the info about the times, the uh, registration, and all that. And it all goes to the Miracle League, which is a great organization that uh, uh, that helps with uh, putting together baseball facilities for uh, kids with disabilities so they can still participate in the game of baseball. Uh, so please find out all you can about that event and join us in St. Paul on September 8th. Um, so some closing uh, coming attractions that we have coming up in the next few weeks and coming attractions brought to us by our friends at A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. A.J. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides a blend, strength, and flavor profile to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So what we have coming up is this. Next Monday is actually, because the show is normally on Monday nights, next Monday is actually the 4th of July, which in the United States is a pretty big deal. So we will not have a show on the 4th of July. So because we want all you fine people to be able to celebrate and, you know, have some sparklers and some, uh, you know, some beverages to celebrate uh, 4th of July. Uh, And then not long after that, we are going to be in Las Vegas at the PCA uh, Expo and Trade Show. So we will be there recording interviews throughout the course of the trade show. And we're going to post those uh, as we return uh, in stunning 4K resolution, m- might I add. Um, but then after that, we're going to have a PCA recap show on July 18th with our friends from Cigar Hustler and from the Smoking Tobacco show. So we have Mike and Mike, and we have Matt and Nicole from Smoking Tobacco on the show to recap everything we saw at the PCA trade show. And then following that, to close out the month of July, we have the third installment. Uh, of the cigar industry hive mind. Now, this—if you guys haven't seen this before, you are missing out. That is, this is a this is a show that you have to take a nap before you start watching because it's a long show. Because we have so many big personalities on the show that talk through that are really knowledgeable about the cigar industry. Um, we have we have uh, Abe Debabna, who's one of the biggest retailers with Smoke In. We have Skip Martin from Roma Craft Tobacco, so you know a, a brand owner. Uh, we have Charlie Minato from Half Wheel. So, uh, you know, bringing, uh, you know, dedicated, um, you know, cigar media journalism views to it. And then we have John McTavish from Developing Palettes. So he's bringing the viewpoints of, uh, you know, reviewing and, and uh, you know, the whole Developing Palettes uh, philosophy is, you know, getting everything you can out of a product, whether it's a beer or a cigar or a whiskey and getting into the nitty gritty of how to taste it, how to experience it and things like that. So that, that show is a, is, is a, is a must watch every year. And this year is going to be no exception. Uh, so Omar, thank you. First of all, so much for being on episode 164 of how about that cigar live? So much fun guys. Thank you for having me over. This is some great, great show. Thank you so much. Um, so if you would give our viewers and listeners a final idea, where's the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with Fratello? So guys, check out our, uh, our Instagram on uh, Fratello Cigars. Uh, uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, check out uh, Imperfect Pairings, which is something 
that we spend a lot of time uh, making sure that we're developing something really, really unique, or you can you can get a chance to see a little bit about you know how to pair particular cigars with um, you know different beverages or different uh, different styles of food. But uh, also, uh, why don't you guys add me into uh, at Omar the Frias on Instagram so we can uh, follow each other and uh, be able to connect with there. So thank you guys so much for having me over at the show. This was so much fun. I'm glad we finally made that happen. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you guys at PCA next week. Absolutely. And, and we, we cannot forget about the Facebook group, The Frat Pack. So if you guys aren't um, familiar and you enjoy the cigars, please go be a part of the Frat Pack community on Facebook. It's a, it's a great group. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. You have a beautiful day, okay? Yeah, you as well. Thank you. thank you very much, Omar. Bye-bye. All right, viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for being a part of How About That Cigar Live. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate you listening. Uh, again, be sure, go on uh, to the YouTube channel and click on the subscribe button uh, because it helps us out so, so much, and we really do appreciate that help. When you're on Facebook watching, make sure to click on the button so you can not only like the page, you can follow it, and that way you won't miss any time we go live. Uh, tonight's a special Tuesday night show. We normally do go live every Monday night. So uh, that way uh, you'll be sure to keep track of when we're going live and who our special guests are going to be each and every week. Um, again, guys, we're so grateful to you watching and listening. If you guys have questions or want to know anything else about our guests or the show, you can email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Be sure to follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, guys, as always, Burn cigars, not bridges. See ya. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>